Good afternoon. It's Julie St. George with the Perfect Property Podcast, and today we're here with Lori Schildkraut. Lori is our admin for our team, and she takes our clients from contract to close. She is going to talk about what the contract means, what we have to do for it, what kind of timelines we have to adhere to, and the common mistakes that most buyers make. Hi, Lori. Hi, Julie. (laughs) So, on your end, when we're under contract with a client, you work from A to Z. What kind of things do you do for our clients? So I'm going to start off. I was thinking about uh, sitting and talking about this, and I was watching the Grammys last night, and I realized that I was I was trying to think of a subject that I could relate this to because a lot of people, if they haven't bought or, or sold a house, they don't really understand what contract to close might mean. So in watching the shows, I realized like you watch these big production numbers, and these stars are front and center, performing these great songs, and you don't think about all the things that happen behind the scenes, and there's so much going on, and there's a producer that's producing the entire event, Um, and so that's kind of what I liken what I do to. I orchestrate everything that's going on, you sign a contract, and immediately the clock starts ticking. And there's about 25 to 50, and I, and I use that range because depending on the scenario, there's a lot of different reasons why there are more or less people involved. But there are 25 to 50 people involved in every contract, and with everything that's going on behind the scenes, I'm sitting back and orchestrating it all to make sure that when you sit down at the closing table, you have the best experience that you could possibly have. So there's lots of twists and turns, lots of bumps in the road, lots of different things that happen. And I'm really just back there making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it's everything, including signing all of the paperwork, scheduling the closings, scheduling the inspectors, the appraisal, all of the different things that are going on I am watching and making sure that everybody is hitting their targets, whether it's a timeline, whether it's a deliverable, whatever it may be. That's pretty awesome. We couldn't do our jobs without you. And it's it's a nice analogy that you gave about the Grammys. We are the rock stars, right? The agents are the ones doing the singing and the dancing and wearing the feathered dresses as we, as we sashay through properties uh, with our buyers. But honestly, the glue that sticks everything together is, you know, it's the people behind the scenes. Like you said, there's between 25 and 50 people that touch that contract once you go under closing outside of the buyer and the seller. It's pretty amazing. What kind of people are touching those contracts or at least looking at them? Oh, you have people that are going and inspecting the properties. You have the the mortgage lenders, the closing attorneys. You have the two to three different people working for the closing attorneys that all have their own functions. So it's not, you know, people think that it's a closing attorney is just one person, but they have a whole team of people that do all the different things from requesting title to processing paperwork and making sure that all the I's are dotted and the legalities are all all in place. And so it's all of those people. And so same thing with the mortgage lender and, and all of the people involved, the the inspectors. Some of them, they take care of their own scheduling, but it's getting them access codes to the house, telling them how to get into the house, what they need, might need to look for, what, what they can expect, um, getting the, the reports back, making sure that everybody that needs it, your, your agent, you yourself, have copies of everything that you need. And make sure that all the communication is, is happening effectively so that we continue to move forward. It's not, it's not one 
activity that goes on at a time. You right. Know, There's you, multiple balls in the air right. for every single transaction. Exactly. exactly. And transactions terminate all the time. So you you launch this process, right? I email you a contract and say, hey, Lori, this client is under contract. And then you run with it. You hit the go button and you just launch into, you know, the next phase. What is the next phase? What is it? What do we start with? Well, so I'll tell you what I start with and then I'll, I'll explain it a little bit further. So my first thing that I do is I go over the contract and make sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. I want to make sure that everything is in place so that we're not scrambling, you know, towards the closing time. Um, to get something that we might have missed now. Because it's not just what's on the front page of the contract. There's all kinds of stipulations that could change the dates on the contract, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's all uh, there's a ton of exhibits that go along with the contract and disclosures. Um, I don't want to get into each document, but there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of activity that goes into the contract itself. So I want to make sure that everything is in place. And after I do that, I then welcome everybody to the team the buyers, the sellers, the lenders, the closing attorneys, the agents themselves. And at that time, if I've already reviewed all the contract items, then I can request anything that might be missing in that same introduction uh, email. So it's important to go over that. um, And that kind of leads me into the second part. I don't want to inundate people with emails because I'm not the only one that's going to start launching emails. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is there's a ton of emails that go out from everybody to the buyer or the seller, and it becomes overwhelming after a while. You don't know which one you need to look at first, and you don't know what to do. So part of what I try to bring to the table is some some sense of, of uh, consistency and try to share that with the buyer or the seller so they know what it is they need to look at first. What do they need to do first? Right. It's funny because I have a client who's under contract right now, and she has a seven-day due diligence. And that's that's a pretty typical time here for Atlanta, anywhere between zero and 10 days due diligence or you know 12 days due diligence at the max. But seven is pretty typical. However, it's, it's all about expediency, right? So seven days seems like it's a short period of time, and it also feels like a, you know, a week you can get a lot done. When it's, she said to me, Julie, you keep telling me that I have plenty of time in a seven-day due diligence, and then when I ask you what needs to be done, you keep telling me to do it as soon as possible. <laughs> and it's true. It's it's you know, there's step one that launches step two that launches step three, and it's all it all has to happen in that first week in order to really adhere to the right timelines throughout the whole contract. And you would be surprised how quickly seven days could go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is a lot of time to get what you need accomplished for a due diligence period, but it also can go by like, you know, flash of light. Right. Um, so one of the things like with the inspection is scheduling it. That's one of the first things that you have to do, right? So you go ahead and you schedule your inspection. Well, we have to get on the inspector's schedule. So it doesn't necessarily mean because you call them today that they're going to be able to go out and do what they need to do today. Mm-hmm. So when we schedule surveyors, they're often two and three weeks out. So it's really important to get on there as soon as possible. Right. And depending on what they find, you know, things can snowball from there. You might need to bring in a plumber or an electrician if they find something or if you want another opinion or whatever the case may be. You can't just assume that, you know, one 
phone call is going to get you what you need to do in that seven-day period. Right, because a home inspection really is just a roadmap for what else you need to discover during that time period. So the home inspector is going to go in and find a, a leaking pipe in the crawl space. That means you have to then schedule a plumber, get the plumber out there. The plumber has to then give you a quote. And after you amass all those quotes from plumbers, electricians, roofers, anybody you might need for that property, um, then you have to negotiate and you still need time to negotiate back and forth. So seven days is is pretty typical. It's pretty typical, but it's also pretty quick. Yeah. And, and depending on, I guess, the property... I think the agent can speak more to this, but depending on the property, you could negotiate a longer due diligence. But at the same time, you want to know quickly what's going on with the property. And I'm glad you brought up that, you know, if there's a plumbing issue or this issue but or that issue. Um, because when you do make a offer on property, you really do want to want the property. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not, it's not something that you should be taking lightly and just offering some somebody to buy their property if you're not really serious. There's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of effort. And there's also a lot of expense on the agent's side um, to make this all happen before they even get paid. That's true. Yeah. And some of these things are definitely time sensitive. The lead-based paint, for example, that has to be signed by the seller before the buyer can sign it. And I know the people, the powers that be in our office, the compliance folks, they check the timestamps. And if the buyer signed it at one o'clock and the seller signed it at two o'clock, they're going to kick that back and we have to get signatures from all of those people yet again. Yeah, so the importance of that, that those are some of the exhibits that go along with the contract and the importance of that and the reason why that that's so critical is those are disclosures. That's where the seller is disclosing to the buyer things about the house that they either know or that they don't know. If the buyer is signing it before the seller, then it's technically not being disclosed before the offer is made. So right. it, it, it doesn't make any sense to have the buyer sign it first. So that that's the reason for that rule, if you will, um, to make sure that the seller is disclosing all the information. So those are some of the things that I'm looking at when I look at the contract to make sure that we're in compliance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so what are the things we need to watch out for? What are the lessons that, that you see buyers learning over and over and over again? So one of the things would be that you do not read your emails <laughs> entirely. So Oftentimes, the agents will be telling you what to do and when to do it. The emails, especially the ones from me, because I am very mindful that you're getting a lot of emails. I'm trying to only highlight the things that you need to know or need to see. And if you're not reading the entire email, then you're missing something. And um, one of the things in those emails that I'll bring to you, you know, as an example would be, There is an intent to proceed that needs to happen between you and your lender when you go under contract. And the lender will notify you um, that you have to do that. If you don't do that, they're not proceeding. They're not moving forward. Which means they're not locking in your rate, your interest rate. It means that they're not doing anything. They're not scheduling appraisals. They're not working on your financing and it hasn't gone to underwriting. That contract is just sitting there in their inbox waiting for you to do something. Right. So we're highlighting to you how important that is for you to be paying attention to. It's nothing that you have to do with us. So it's nothing that we can track on our side whether you do it or not. It's solely from the lender. And if you use a good lender, they will remind you over and over again until you do it. 
But that is something that can fall through the cracks if somebody isn't paying attention to it. And so we're bringing it to your attention to remind you of how important it is. That's and, right. And if you're not reading the emails and you don't see that because it's not something that needs your immediate attention or something that we're asking of you. Yeah. And not all real estate agents have the luxury of having an admin. We are, at this point, we're busy enough that it's important for us not to miss any steps. We've worked together for over a year now, and you bring you bring a balance to the craziness that is Atlanta real estate, right? We're in a really strong market here, and, and while I'm out doing my shaking, you know, singing and dancing on stage with my clients, you're really behind the scenes making sure that every one of our clients that are under contract are, are moving forward properly, right? I, I I feel like sometimes that you're the mother hen and all these baby chicks are running wild in the hen yard, in the chicken yard, and, you know, one little chick will grow up and move out of the hen house and move on, and they've closed on that house, and then mama mama hen Lori, she's, she's just, you know, <laughs> watching all her little chicks run around in circles. So I'd rather go back to the analogy of the Grammys and being a producer than a mother hen. It's, <laughs> it seems a lot more glamorous. It is a little bit more glamorous, but you do take care of us in yeah. a motherly kind of way. And, I and when I say us, I mean all of our clients, and and everyone on the team. You just make sure that everybody's getting to where they need to go. Right, yeah. right. And and you really do need to look at every contract individually. I think one of the things that I or somebody in my role can bring to the table is that every time I think I have seen it all, something happens that I have not seen before, and that experience really does count um, for something. I'll give you an example. Um, I have a contract I knew the situation would require an, an amendment to the contract. Um, something wasn't covered exactly the way it needed to. It wasn't. It didn't make the contract not binding. It wasn't illegal in any way. I just knew that the lenders and the closing attorneys were all going to want this just to back up what the contract had. And I asked for it, and the co-op agent did not want to provide what I was asking for. And... And so I let it go. It wasn't that important. It wasn't my thing to fight for. I just thought it would put a, put a pretty bow on the contract, if you will. The contract process started. Uh, this particular buyer was really diligent about getting everything done, crossed every T, dotted every I perfectly. The loan went through. The appraisal came through. Everything went through beautifully could close early if we wanted. Everybody was ready to close early. And boom, the lender goes and asks for the bow that we didn't have because the other agent wasn't responsive. Responsive. And so that's what I can bring to the table. I could just it 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 won't change the outcome. It will just make it smoother. And most of the time the buyers and the sellers don't see some of those bumps in the road, if you will. Well, that's our job. Right. Our job is to make it look like it's an easy, fun, enjoyable process because it is stressful, right? It's stressful from the lender side. And, and overwhelming. And overwhelming. It really is. There's a lot, too, going into buying a property here, and there's a lot to look at. So we, we try to keep the stress to our clients at a minimum. And one of the things that I always love is um, getting that phone call from the agent's on their way home from closing, telling me, okay, we're done. Um, it's such a rewarding thing to hear that we made it and the buyers or sellers are happy and got what they set out to accomplish done. And so that's really why I do what I do. I love to bring that joy to people. Sometimes in happy times, buying and selling a house, sometimes buying and selling a house might not be a happy time. And right. if they can still get out of it what they need, 
then we've done our job. We sure have, and and flawlessly if you're on our team working on our side. So for some advice out there to home buyers, what would you say? There's a few things. I think the the main thing is to go with an agent that you feel comfortable with. I think it's really important to be able to be open and honest with your agents. Um, sometimes it might be some uncomfortable conversations. I like to call them courageous conversations that you might need to have. But you have to be able to talk about things and work through them. Sometimes there are things that you have to work through as you go through the process. And, and maybe not not once I get involved, but maybe before you even go under contract. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to feel comfortable with that person and to trust. I think that trust is critical. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Earlier you said that we only write contracts for houses that you really want to purchase, right? So we don't do this flippantly. How often do you see people terminate contracts? Well, when they are serious, not often. Um, but you can you can definitely tell when somebody's not serious when they are on their second contract and then their third contract, and it's like, okay, wait a second, you've got to reevaluate what we're doing here and what what goes into all of this emotionally for the person. I think that becomes a real you know they've got to stop and think about this and really figure out what they want um, before the agents. Both the agent that they're working with and the co-op agents, it you know, it, it's hard, especially when you put an offer in on a on a property. Somebody puts it under contract, and now they're not getting foot traffic anymore for mm-hmm. their property. So legally, it, it, even though you're able to do it, it might not be the right thing always to do. So I think it's really important. And I think if you, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about finding the right person, if you really sit down and talk to your agent about what you're looking for, why you're looking for, what your position is, and what your situation is, then they can help advise you and try to get a gauge on where you are in the process. Absolutely. We don't write contracts flippantly, but we do see terminations. It is their right to terminate. And if something does happen, then we certainly are working with our clients to try to get them out of that contract as easily as possible. However, they do happen. And sometimes it's not the buyer's fault, right? There's a lot of things out there that once you get into that crawl space and you see that the entire support system for the house is riddled with termites, you know, is that something you want to take on or is that something that you're just going to let go and, and, and search for the next house on? So... It's important to have, you know, see both sides of it. Right. Sure. And there's valid reasons for wanting to terminate a contract, no doubt. Um, it's just making sure that those reasons are exactly what you want. I think sometimes you might get some a pe- little too excited about HGTV and try yeah. to do this over and over and over again. Yeah. Because- <laughs> or, or some people just get cold feet. You know, they put an offer on a house and then they think, oh, what did I just do? You know, can I really do this? And I remember when I bought my first house, I thought I wasn't old enough to buy a house or I wasn't mature enough. I I wasn't even that old. I mean, that young. I was in my 30s. And um, when I did it, it was like, why didn't I do this sooner? And there were so many friends that I had after that that I said, look, if you could pay rent on an apartment each month, you certainly can afford to buy a house and own property and hopefully gain equity and build your portfolio and absolutely. and enjoy enjoy something that you own that's yours. And uh, I can't tell you how many people I know did that after we've had that talk and were just so happy to have that experience. 
I think that experience is life-changing. It really is. It's very different. I've rented and I've owned, and it's very different when you own that hunk of land. It really is so, it's a very different feeling. And and I love to give that feeling to our clients. It's very, very rewarding. And it's why I get up every day is to help people get into homes and, and make those memories and, you know, celebrate those life, you know, those life moments and those milestones for them, their families, their friends, whatever it is that they're celebrating throughout the year. It's really important to know that I can offer that to people. Yeah. One of the things that you know, I love what I do. I love the process around what I do. But getting that reward at the end uh, when somebody actually gets the house that they wanted or sells the house that they are selling, it is one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. That's really that's really great to hear. <laughs> it's really great to hear. About how many transactions have you worked on? You've worked with several different realtors, and you work with us uh, and my team, Brandy and Wilson and I. And how many do you think you've done total just you know, recently? I would say maybe in the last year about 150 total. That would probably include terminations along with closed transactions. That's great. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to look at in a that's year. a lot. Do you ever get to meet the clients that you work on, or are they always just names on a page? Most of the time, they are names on a page, or let let me rephrase that. Uh, I get to talk to them on the phone. I get to text with them a lot, and I certainly get to email with them a lot. I don't often get the face-to-face, and that's okay. I mean, that's part of the whole producer thing, unless there's an award one day for the best contract to close person. I'll just be behind the scenes producing. <laughs> yeah, we do like to throw a lot of parties for our clients. So occasionally, I know you get to meet our clients, but <laughs> right, <laughs> which is really fun and good to your fun parties. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, what is the number one mistake you see that people make? I think it's paying attention to the detail. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that there was one thing that I see consistently happening over and over again that everybody misses. It's but everyone's missing something? Not everyone. I think the people that pay attention to the detail usually don't miss. It's the people that aren't reading the emails and aren't paying attention to the detail in the emails or asking the questions. I think that's the other key thing that I would say is if you don't know what you need to do next or what you need to look at first or ask, let's have that conversation. Don't let be me afraid guide. to bring it up. Yeah, yeah let, let us guide you through this. Because it's so overwhelming and because we've done it so many times, we'll help you work through the things that you have to do today. I know personally I get overwhelmed when I get too many emails or too many phone calls, but if somebody could just say, read this one, that would be great, and we can do that for our clients. Give you a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everything that we do is signed um, electronically, generally. We do have some people who don't have email addresses, and, and they prefer to do things in person, which we few and far between, but we do have those clients. The majority of our clients are all electronic signers. Those are the kind of things where you just log on and you can buy a, f- a house over your telephone by looking at an itty-bitty screen. Probably not the best idea because you are going to miss initials. You're going to be missing signatures. You're not going to be reading what you're looking at necessarily. You'll just be skimming through it as if you were on Facebook. Well, when there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake, we really recommend that you sit down and actually read through that information instead of just flippantly circling something or initialing something on your phone. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I, I say to people if I get to talk to them is, 
I try to be really nice and kind and explain to them that this is how you're meeting me, but I am going to probably be a thorn in your side in this process because I'm, I'm the one that's constantly asking for things and making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And when I say that, I say it, you know, tongue in cheek, but really I'm the one that's bugging people to get things done and not just the buyers and sellers, the closing attorneys and the lenders and, and inspectors and certainly you agents. Yes. <laughs> We've had a great back and forth today. I hope our clients understand what it is to be under contract and to know what a contract to close person is, or at least understand the process a little bit more. Um, tell me, how long is it that you've been in the South? Because you don't really sound like a Southerner. Can you guess where my accent is from? Well, I can, and I bet our listeners can as well. Well, I actually get a couple of different um, guesses because I've been here for over 25 years. I'm originally from New York, so the accent is a combination of New York and 25 years in the South. And for most people that take a guess, I would say probably about 75% of the people guess the New England-Boston area. Hmm. And I think that it probably is just that combination that I don't know why, but that's where they think I'm from. Okay, so you're both a Southern Bell and a Yankee all at the same time. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing everything that you do with our clients and for our clients and for the agents. We really appreciate from the bottom of our hearts everything that you do to help. And um, thank you so much for joining us today for the Perfect Property Podcast. Thank you, Julie. It's been fun. This has been the Perfect Property Podcast with Julie St. George. Thanks so much for listening. To contact me, shoot me an email at julie, J-U-L-I, at theperfectproperty.com. Check us out on the web, www.theperfectproperty.com. And give me a call, 404-668-8975. I'd love to help. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest only. They are not the views and opinions of Keller Williams Realty International, Keller Williams Heart of Atlanta Group, or Keller Williams Realty in Town Atlanta. Equal housing opportunity. <laughs>